It seems as if there is no shortage of trends and viral videos coming out of TikTok nowadays. From cute dog videos to skateboarders drinking cranberry juice to dance crazes, TikTok has it all. While most of what goes viral from the Gen Z app is simple, joyful, or comedic, the viral video that started this case is anything but. What began as a few teens having fun recording a video this summer ended with a horrible, shocking discovery on a Seattle beach. My name is Ashley, and with me always is Ricky, and this is Crime Salad Podcast. With so many people being stuck at home due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, many have turned to an app called Randonautica to have some socially distant outdoor fun. Randonautica, according to developers, is the world's first quantum-generated choose-your-own-adventure reality game, and it's designed to help users explore the sometimes forgotten corners of the world around them. The premise is that it uses a random number generator to produce a set of coordinates in the user's local area that can then be followed. The app encourages users to set what is called an intention of what they hope to find along their trip. And this can be anything, but the goal is to see if their trip matches up with their intention in some sort of way. More than a million people downloaded the app over the summer, and videos of people sharing their experiences with Randonautica started popping up all over TikTok and YouTube. And in some videos, Randonauts, the name for the users of the app, talk about exciting and beautiful things they've encountered on their journeys, while others share spooky stories of ending up at relatives' graves or creepy abandoned houses. Well, on June 19th, an 18-year-old popular TikToker named Henry decided to get in on the Randonautica trend with a few of his friends. Henry and two unnamed girls were given coordinates to a location in Duwamish Head near Alki Beach, a bit southwest of downtown Seattle, Washington. Just as the app tells them to do upon arriving, they start to do a bit of exploring to see what they can find. While looking around, they stumbled upon a large black fabric suitcase that had washed up on shore and had gotten lodged in some of the rocks near the port. Thinking that this is the type of discovery encouraged by the game, the three teens decided to climb into the rocks to get a closer look. Still lighthearted, they joke about hoping that the suitcase would be full of money, and so they started opening the suitcase with a stick. As it opens up, they quickly are overwhelmed by a horrible smell, but all they can see is a filled large black trash bag. Sensing that something is wrong here, the teens become more scared and nervous about what could be in the bag that was giving off such a terrible smell. Not knowing what to do, one of the girls calls 911 to report the findings to the police. As multiple fire trucks and police cars start arriving at the beach, the teens stop recording and they head back home. Until they read the news a few days later, they had no idea what was in the mysterious black suitcase that they found. The police on the scene who had opened up that trash bag that was in the suitcase discovered the worst. It contained a dismembered human body, 
Knowing that they were now dealing with a crime scene, they began to extend their search to the surrounding area. Over the next few days, they found a black duffel bag with the same kind of dark, heavy trash bag inside. Opening up the second bag, they found even more human remains. These three teens had accidentally uncovered a horrific double murder. A local medical examiner was tasked with figuring out who these two people were and what had caused their devastating, gruesome death, while police began to look into who might have put their bodies into the suitcases. The medical examiner identified the bodies as that of Jessica Lewis, age 35, and Austin Wenner, also known as Cash, age 27. The report suggests that Jessica was killed by multiple gunshot wounds, while Austin was killed by a single shot to the torso. The dismemberment of the bodies was done post-mortem, which is after their deaths. This initial report puts their time of death only a few days before being found, around the 16th of June. But as more evidence is uncovered, it seems that they might have been killed as early as June 9th, a whole 10 days before their bodies were found. Within the medical examiner's report, it also notes that the dismemberment and transport of the bodies most likely involved multiple people. The autopsy says that a few different tools were used to take apart their bodies, and given the weight and difficulty of transporting the bodies to the suitcases to the beach, it suggests that whoever committed this heinous act probably had help. Jessica Lewis was the mother to three sons and a daughter, and she worked at an assistant living facility where she helped older, developmentally disabled adults. Gina, who was Jessica's aunt, told Seattle Times that Jess had the biggest heart and grace and patience that made her so wonderful at her job, and she was always willing to help anyone who needed anything. Jessica had been in a relationship with Austin Wenner, who she called Cash, for nearly eight years. Austin's family has chosen to grieve privately, only to convey a statement through Jess's aunt that Austin had faith, a big heart, and loved the outdoors, country music, campfires, trucks, dogs, and Jessica and his family. After the bodies were found, Jessica's aunt Gina started a GoFundMe to raise reward money for information pertaining to the homicide. On the GoFundMe page, she described Jess and her boyfriend as good-hearted people who have left behind two completely devastated families. She rightly said that nobody deserves what happened to them. Gina also made public pleas for the viral TikTok video filmed by the teens to be taken down, emphasizing that these are real people who have lost their lives. And knowing that a video like that is out there is more than the heartbroken parents can bear. The video has since been removed from Henry's TikTok page, but we aren't sure if he took it down himself or it was completely removed by TikTok. But sadly, nothing is lost forever on the internet and the video can still be seen on sites like YouTube and Twitter. Randonautica also made a donation to Gina's GoFundMe to help find who killed Jessica and Austin. The Choose Your Own Adventure app put out a statement saying that they were shocked at the very unfortunate coincidence and that they had reached out to the teens who have found the bodies as well, making sure they were all right after their traumatizing discovery. Though the TikTok user who posted the viral video continues to post on the app, he makes no mention of what he and his friends found that day at Duwamish Head, which in no doubt would be completely traumatizing. 
That is until August 20th, when the police arrest a 62-year-old man named Michael Dudley, who so happens to be the couple's landlord. Jessica and Austin had been renting a room at his residence in Burien, Washington, a town just 10 miles outside of Seattle. With Dudley's arrest public, journalists were able to get copies of the probable cause documents that police used to charge him. Their investigation had been quiet all these weeks, but the evidence they found paints a clear picture of guilt. Through interviews with family and friends of Jessica and Austin, the detectives on the case learned that the last place the couple was seen was at their rented home on Ambon Boulevard in Burien, Washington. This is confirmed by Jess and Austin's phone records. One of the last calls was made to Michael Dudley, the owner of the house and their landlord, and it was 7.01 p.m. on the night of June 9th. Police assume that this call was made in or near the house as it was pinged off a cell phone tower less than a mile away. Only seven minutes after this call, their phone stopped transmitting or receiving data altogether. On the same night, June 9th, neighbors who were interviewed told detectives that they had called 911 after hearing some disturbing things coming from the house. Neighbors reported that they had heard a man yelling, please don't do this, just leave me alone. After this plea, they heard many gunshots. The Burian police responded to the call, but despite their efforts, didn't get any response from whoever was inside and decided to leave. In the interviews that followed, detectives focused largely on Michael Dudley. One witness reported that she had stopped at Michael Dudley's house late that evening on June 9th. She noted that on that night, Michael appeared to have scratches on his body and his glasses were broken. The witness reported looking into a room painted blue and in the middle of the room, she saw a large pile of clothing with a bloody arm sticking out of it. When she told Michael what she had seen, he laughed. Michael Dudley asked the witness if she could leave the house for a bit so that he could clean up the mess. As she left the house that night, she saw him put out large sheets of plastic in the basement. And when the witness asked Michael what had happened, he reportedly said, let's put it this way, his gun misfired and mine didn't. If Michael Dudley's confession to this witness wasn't enough for detectives to believe in his guilt, the mountain of evidence found in his house for which he had no explanation seemed to prove that they had found the man who murdered Jess in Austin. During the search of his property, they found bullet casings, bullet holes, and blood inside the house. In the same blue room, the witness recalled seeing the bloody arm. The room had also been very recently painted. Michael Dudley did confirm that this blue room was where Jessica and Austin had been living as his tenants. In hopes of getting more information and a confession, the detective spent much time questioning Michael Dudley about his relationship with Austin and Jessica and what happened on the night of June 9th. Michael confirmed that the couple had been renting out the blue room in his house since December of 2019. For just this single room, he charged them $1,500 per month. It was only three of them that lived there, with Jessica's children staying elsewhere. He also confirmed that they had argued that night because the couple wasn't able to pay the rent, and he was very suspicious that they had brought criminal activity into the house, though there's no evidence that the couple had any involvement in anything criminal. Michael admitted that he did own the same kind of gun that had been used to kill Jess and Austin, but stated that he kept it in his car. 
When pushed on the blood that was found in the rented room of his house, he told detectives that Jess had just cut herself recently in there, but yet he wasn't willing to say if the blood was hers. He also couldn't explain where the bullet shells or bullet holes in the room had come from. Even with all the evidence that police had on him, Michael continued to deny any involvement in Jessica and Austin's murders. Regardless, after the interview, Michael Dudley was formally arrested. So while police feel confident that they have the right killer in custody, Jessica's Aunt Gina thinks there has to be more at play here than just a man angry over late rent. She, like I'm sure of most of us, can't understand how an argument over $1,500 could have led to the murder of two people. While digging into Michael Dudley's past, it seems that he has a certain pattern of violent and criminal behavior, particularly when it comes to Jess and Austin. Jessica's aunt Gina recalled that Michael Dudley had been harassing them and very angry towards the couple for a while. She stated that he had previously broken into their car and put trackers on it and had tried to forcibly lock them in the house. She then goes on to say that he even killed a dog by beating it with a hammer right in front of them after the dog had gotten one of his chickens that lived on the property. And then he left the dog's body outside the home for three days, hoping to scare them into leaving. Jenna reported that Jessica and Austin wanted to leave, but they had nowhere to go. And these were not the only acts of violence that they had endured while living with Michael Dudley. According to the family, in the weeks prior to their death, the couple had been assaulted and beat up by some men who had come to the house with guns. Could this have been a part of the criminal activity Michael Dudley feared the couple was bringing into the house? Or was Michael Dudley himself orchestrating another cruel way to scare Jess and Austin into leaving? And maybe whoever led this attack is also involved with the murders. And with Michael Dudley not talking, we can't know for certain yet. Due to the viral nature of this case, Michael Dudley's arrest has garnered some serious media attention, which has led to more evidence of his violent past, even before meeting Jessica in Austin. Michael has a past criminal record. He's been convicted on felony drug charges, vehicle theft, and a DUI. And his ex-girlfriend, Marlis Gordon, has also come forward to speak about the violence she endured while they were together. Marlis and Michael had dated on and off from 2002 to 2016. And during that time together, he was sometimes violent towards her. She recalls one time where he painfully grabbed her hair, threw her and her things out of the house, and began to hit her, all the while threatening her with a gun. After this instance, Michael Dudley was charged with assault. And knowing what she knows now, Marlis feels relieved that she made it out of the relationship alive. But yet, she feels shocked to learn that Michael Dudley would be capable of such a horrific murder. Marlis wasn't the only one to have experienced firsthand Michael's violent side. In 2018, Michael Dudley also had a restraining order filed against him by his own daughter. In the report, his daughter accused him of sexually assaulting her for nearly nine years, from when she was only 10 years old up to when she was 18. She says he had threatened her in the past with a firearm and felt as if she was in immediate danger. Unfortunately, the court denied her protection order against Michael. After learning about the testimonies of those who had firsthand experience with his violence, it's shocking that this man wasn't caught earlier. 
Given all the evidence in the home, Michael Dudley was charged with two counts of second-degree murder and finally arrested at his home on August 19th, and bail was set at $5 million. Disturbingly, though, even with such a high amount owed, Michael Dudley's ex-girlfriend believes that he'll have no trouble making bail as he was well-connected and has many friends who would be willing to help him out. Luckily, as of today, he is still in police custody. Now, what has yet to be answered is if Michael Dudley was working alone or if he had help. With a medical examiner who performed the autopsies on Jessica and Austin suggested that with the horrific way their bodies were disposed of, it would have taken a lot of time and effort for one man to do this all alone. Based on what evidence was made public, it seems that the police have no idea on who it was that helped Michael Dudley on the night of the murders. In the days following his arrest, though, three people were taken into custody for breaking into Michael Dudley's backyard by cutting the padlock on the gate and attempting to tow away a car on his property. Two men and a woman were booked for the attempted burglary, but no one is quite sure of their motive. Whose car were they trying to take out and why? Is this just an outrageous coincidence or do these three know something more about what happened with Jessica in Austin on the last day that they were alive? There is still so much more about this case to be figured out. With all the evidence pointing towards Michael Dudley, we are hopeful that the families of Jessica in Austin are able to find the answers that they need to make sense of all of this. What started as a fun adventure game for a few teens has led to so much more grief, death, and tragedy than anyone could ever imagine. The families of the victims hope that rather than Jessica and Austin being remembered for the terrible way in which they were found, the families hope that they would be remembered for the kind people that they were. And of course, as more information about this case unfolds in the coming months with Michael Dudley's trial, we'll be sure to keep you posted. But as for now, this completes this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to Crime Salad Podcast. We'll see you next time. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the bloodlust, all the pain. 